Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. everybody welcome to jurassic views in a lot of ways this is the season finale episode 93 had a wonderful conversation with chris jackson uh, an old friend a good friend and uh, quite the beautiful mind uh, if you haven't caught that podcast it's called freaks and geeks uh, definitely worth it uh, it's a great conversation, a long one, uh, that said, uh, just about uh, NBA top 10 from this past season going into next season. Uh, we also get into some of our history as NBA fans and actually some, some great memories that we shared in the Raptors 2019 championship run. Uh, regardless, here we are on Sunday of, uh, I guess, opening weekend for the Olympics. The NBA Finals just ended. Um, a really memorable playoff, a memorable finals. Uh, we've got uh, finally a non-coastal elite winning the championship in the Milwaukee Bucks. Two teams in the finals who are small markets and not coastal elites. So just, I think... Really good stuff overall for the league. Um, let's just take a minute to break down some of the great uh, play from both of these teams. Let's take a little bit of time to highlight some of the stars of this series and uh, give some perspective to the Milwaukee Bucks championship, the first since 1971. Incredible. Uh, first and foremost, we got to get right to Giannis Antetokounmpo. This was a magnificent performance. Uh, I'm not going to say legendary, although the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, I think not legendary because he really didn't have a player on the other side of the ball on the Phoenix Suns who matched up with them in a way that was competitive. Um, you know, when you go back to that net series, obviously Giannis uh, versus KD was a big one, and they went back and forth, head to head. This was a series that Giannis had a lot of room. Um, DeAndre Ayton did his very best and started off the series well as Giannis was shaking off uh, his hurt overextended leg, uh, overextended knee. But after game one, uh, Giannis absolutely dominated this series. And you would have hoped that Phoenix would have been able to respond um, as the tensions of this series increased and the high leverage moments increased. You were hoping Chris Paul, Devin Booker 
were going to be able to shine as the Phoenix Suns All-Stars, uh, but they just weren't. And Giannis really did uh, just dominate this series. Um, dominated DeAndre Ayton, but dominated the Phoenix Suns as a whole. Uh, this is a guy who had three games where he scored 40 points or more. He had a 50-piece in game six to close the series. Um, but this was really Giannis's series. There's no doubt he was the MVP of the NBA Finals, although Hubie Brown likely voted uh, for Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton or something goofy like that. But without question, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in this series by a long way. Um, and we'll get into some, some Devin Booker analysis, but uh, we got to give credit to the Greek freak. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is no longer uh, a player that we can undersell. He's no longer a player that, um, you know, we hope improves in certain ways. Um, he is a guy that um, is without a doubt in the top four in the league right now. And, uh, you know, when you, when you look at what has happened in his career, in this very young career, I think this is only his seventh season uh, 25, 26 years old. He was amazing. And he answered all the calls. He was able to hit shots. He was able to make buckets on the post. He was able to defend virtually anyone who touched the court in the entire playoffs, maybe save Trey Young. And uh, he was something to behold. And, and uh, mad respect to uh, Mike Budenoser who saved him, and it almost cost him, but saved him for not uh, to not have Giannis match up against KD because he needed all of Giannis throughout this playoffs and got the most from him to really uh, control the series. After it was 2-0 Phoenix, it was all Milwaukee, and they ran through the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Valley has now been called Deer Valley, because uh, Phoenix was owned uh, by the Greek Freak and by the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Mike Budenoser, not my favorite coach. Uh, not the guy I would uh, ever give a Coach of the Year award to. Um, I don't think he, in general, is innovative enough. Uh, I think he's probably a very nice guy who the players seem to love, at least on the Milwaukee Bucks. And it seemed like the Atlanta Hawks a few years ago uh, respected him and had a lot of love for him. Um, but he almost cost his team uh, that second round series. And really in this series, it was more a question of attrition. Who was going to outlast the other team in a seven-game series more than who was going to outthink or outstrategize the other team? Um, you know, if Devin Booker plays much better, hell, if, if Devin Booker just made one smart decision or Monty Williams did in game five, maybe Phoenix steals game five at home against Milwaukee and takes a 3-2 lead and it probably forces a game seven. I'm not saying uh, the Phoenix Suns would win that game, but you know Devin Booker just was not that strong uh, after game two. 
in this series. Uh, I know people are going to say in game five, he had 40 points, but in the most crucial moments, in uh, moments where they led by double digits in the first half, he wasn't good enough. Um, and Chris Paul, I think his age showed quite a bit. He really took them through that Clippers series. Uh, Kawhi was out. The best player in the series uh, was kind of up for grabs. Paul George uh, went to work um, in that series uh, to try and get his team back into it. Uh, but Chris Paul had uh, the final answer, the final word on that series with a monster game six. And he really didn't have a big game in, in this uh, Milwaukee series. Uh, he might have played quite well in, in game one. But after game one, uh, he, he struggled to, to be a force in this series. And they needed him to be. Uh, Devin Booker will grow. He learned a lot from this season, no doubt. Uh, but, but now going forward, he knows that he has a number of things uh, that he has to work on. Because CP3 is not, he's not at his peak. He is declining. And he only has a year or two left in the league. And I don't know if he even has a year or two left in Phoenix. It'll be interesting. That will be interesting. And those are big questions. Uh, to stick with Phoenix, uh, let's talk about Monty Williams. Uh, Monty Williams did a lot of incredible things in uh, the Phoenix playoff run. And he should get a lot of credit for, for the adjustments he made, for the players he put together, for the leadership he gave this team. Monty Williams, uh, for me, one of the classiest, one of the, um, the moments that you hope uh, continues to um, reveal itself, uh, repeat itself, not just for Monty Williams, but through, uh, for many coaches in the NBA who coach in the NBA Finals, Monty Williams with just class, going into the Milwaukee locker room after he has just lost the NBA Finals and congratulated Milwaukee and um, showed humility, but also was able to encourage in very specific ways uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. And that kind of humanity, humility, uh, needs to be further breathed into the league by coaches and by players. And I, I can't help to go back to Giannis for just a second and say that Giannis's humility uh, was on full display, not just throughout the playoffs, but in that moment. Giannis is a guy who is going to go down as a top 100 player in the NBA all time when he retires. I don't know if he'll win another championship. It's quite possible. Uh, you, you know, you look at guys like Carl Malone, Oscar Robertson, um, Steve Nash. Uh, you know, there's lots of guys who won one championship, maybe didn't win one championship. Charles Barkley being another guy. Uh, and they're going to be in that top 100. And, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, in my opinion, just how things are, are you know, what his trajectory looks like at this stage. Uh, his numbers, his the awards, and this championship, I think, will very easily be in the top hundred careers in NBA history. Uh, on you know, when in the time that 
he decides to retire from this league, likely about 10 years from now, which will take the NBA up to about, you know, 85, 86 seasons. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo is a top 100 player, but the humility uh, that he showed to embrace Monty Williams, bring him into the locker room, allow him to speak, uh, hush the guys on his team, uh, quiet his teammates down so they could hear the words of Monty Williams, needs to be held uh, closely to the hearts of NBA fans uh, and needs to be um, embraced and practiced by other superstars in the league. I don't know if Kevin Durant would have been able to do what KD, uh, sorry, what Giannis did. Uh, I definitely don't think, although you know, I could be proved wrong, that LeBron James would do uh, what Giannis did. Uh, I definitely don't think Michael Jordan would have. Certainly not in in the um, type of uh, humble posture that Giannis had in that moment, and he did it throughout the playoffs. And it needs to be recognized and celebrated. Um, in a league that has so much uh, braggadoci, uh, bravado, um, machismo, I think it's really important that we celebrate humility. And it was great to see. Uh, also in this series, another great series from Chris Middleton. I'm not a big Chris Middleton believer. Uh, I didn't think he really should have been in the All-Star game. Uh Last year, I don't think he should have been in the All-Star game this year. I think he had more reason to be in the All-Star game uh, last year than he did this year. Um, But uh, Chris Middleton stepped up in every series, had at least one game, if not two, that without him, they would not have won. And in any championship run, you need at least one other All-Star to give you a game in a tight series. You know, you look back to uh, the Toronto Raptors run. Uh, Without Kyle Lowry, the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard do not win that series because Kyle gave them the lead in game six, really gave them a pole position uh, type um, uh, first half and gave them a lot of uh, momentum going in the second half on the road. And I know people will say, we'll talk about Clay Thompson's uh, injury. And, and I've talked about that at nauseum with Zaya and with others. Um, listen, Clay Thompson was going off and they were still up five, only up five when he leaves that game. And there was a whole fourth quarter to go. Um, without Kyle Lowry's, Uh, Game 6, Toronto Raptors don't win that series. Um, He was massive. Massive. Um, And there were other guys who stepped up. Former All-Stars. Even if they weren't current All-Stars. Pascal Siakam gave them a game. Um, In in that final series, um, Norm Powell, we've talked about how he gave them a game in the Buck series. Um, You know, so did uh, Marc Gasol. Almost had a triple double game three of that Buck series, and and so you look to your second best or third best player to give you a game if you are a superstar like Giannis, and Giannis got multiple games from Chris Middleton 
in every series. And that's really impressive. I'm very impressed with how Chris Middleton played. I'm not going to take anything away. I'm not going to excuse uh, the other team's performances because they didn't have certain players. Um, Chris Middleton went out there with whoever was in front of him and played uh, a massive role, a massive role. Another guy who I was surprised about, uh, I'm not going to uh, get too uh, crazy about him. I'm not going to uh, toot his horn too much like I just did Chris Milton. But but Brooke Lopez deserves some, some respect. I honestly think this is the last good year that Brooke Lopez will have. Uh, I think his body is breaking down. Uh, he looks slower than he did in 2019. I think he was actually better in the 2019 playoffs. Uh, he just happened to meet Marc Gasol and Serge Ibaka. Um, Whereas in this playoffs, there was some better matchups. Although he played very well against Clint Capella. I will give uh, him respect for that. And there were a lot of games in the final series where he outplayed his counterpart, DeAndre Ayton. Now, DeAndre Ayton had to carry a lot of weight as he covered Giannis and then Brooke Lopez as well. And, and Phoenix, without uh, Saric... Uh, just didn't have enough. Uh, Frank Kaminsky is not the answer uh, for Brooke Lopez, nor is he the answer really for, for Giannis or, or Bobby Portis. Um, and so Saric was missed. I think he would have helped extend the floor and give a little more room to Brooke Lopez. Um, big respect to the Milwaukee fans, uh, to the current fans, to the fan base, um, and to a city that was able to somehow... Um, uh, woo, um, maybe just warm the heart, uh, give us some tenderness to Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's not very often that a star stays in a small market. It's even more rare that, uh, an international star would want to be in a small market. You, You look at some of the other guys, the European players, and it is impressive that they've stayed where they are. Certainly Dallas is a bigger market. It's not the biggest, though. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if Luka Doncic leaves Dallas for L.A., New York, uh, or, or one of those bigger markets. I, I doubt he'll go to Chicago. But for Giannis to stay in Milwaukee, uh, especially knowing what his first three years were like, um, first four years were like, uh, it was. It's a surprise that he's still there. He definitely could have gone to a bigger market like Toronto next year, which has a huge Greek population. Uh, he could have sought out to go to uh, New York, that has uh, a, a massive um, international population that would have loved him. Um, but he decided to stay in Milwaukee, and I, I give a lot of respect to that. But I give a lot of respect to the city of Milwaukee. Uh, to be resilient, to win Giannis's heart over. And, and that's so- something um, to behold and, and for the league uh, to cherish in an in a, in a era uh, where it's so hard to win a championship without a superstar. Uh, LeBron and Cleveland win a championship because LeBron is from Cleveland. If he's not from... Uh, Ohio from Akron, which is, you know, maybe 30, 40 minute drive outside of Cleveland. There's no way that Cleveland is able to bring LeBron James back. Um, And these are the things that we've got to highlight 
to to hopefully be able to to see uh, a younger generation of fans get behind teams that aren't the big market teams that aren't the 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 elite uh, super teams like Brooklyn, LA, uh, that aren't the big markets like Miami and um, Chicago. So big respect there. Um, if there's anybody else uh, that I want to talk about in this series, um, it's Drew Holiday. And, and this is a bit scary, I think, for, for the Eastern Conference next year. Drew Holiday didn't have a particularly good playoff. Um, defensively, very strong. And he actually uh, did a much better job. And his role defensively was, was definitely seen and felt his impact was much higher in this final series than it was um, against uh, the Atlanta Hawks because Trey Young was was able to uh, get Drew Holiday off off guard and off balance uh, throughout most of that series. Um, and it's too bad Trey uh, got injured and wasn't 100% to finish that series, but that's beside the point. Um, uh, Drew Holiday played a great series actually hit some big shots in, in multiple games uh, throughout the playoffs. Um, and even though he wasn't great offensively, the reason why it's scary is because he will get better. Uh, Drew Holiday is, is committed to doing better, um, being better for next season. Uh, he's in Tokyo right now, and he, he missed a wide-open three to win the ball game today um, against France, which is a little uh, odd. Um, USA basketball is kind of in a, a weird place when you see the rest of the world catching up. But Drew Holiday is going to get better. And he is going to be even that much wiser uh, with a championship run under his belt uh, going into next year. And when you've got Drew Holiday, 30 years old in his prime, you've got Chris Middleton, 20 years old in his prime, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, 26 years old, in his prime, uh, you've got to see them as... A, one of the top four favorites in the league again next year. Um, and unless the Philadelphia 76ers are able to sign Kyle Lowry without giving up anything purely through free agency, uh, I don't see the Philadelphia 76ers battling. Uh, with Kemba Walker gone and getting nothing back, I don't see the Boston Celtics uh, being that dangerous unless somehow Pritchard uh, you know, turns into John Stockton uh, next season. Um, I don't see them being a threat. So this Milwaukee team, what they have done is, is, is worth recognizing, celebrating, uh, both be, because of, uh, of the fact that they won a championship, that they did it as a small market team, and that they didn't do it as a super team. Only one superstar um, and, and then one all-star uh, as a, you know, creating a dynamic duel. Um, but look out for, for Drew Holiday next year. Um, I'm not saying they'll be a big three. I think that they still have to be savvy in the offseason to to continue to be uh, competitive um, in in luring big names. P.J. Tucker's not going to be as good as he was this year, and he struggled in the playoffs at times. Uh, At times, offensively, he was a liability, Um, and Bobby Portis had to play big minutes, and and Bobby Portis stepped up, uh, but they also didn't have an elite team to face in the finals. 
Um, so, you know, you if they had to play a fully loaded Clippers team, if they had to play a team that could match up well against Giannis and, and Chris Middleton with the defense the Lakers had, and Anthony Davis now is against Giannis, all of a sudden that Bucks series, you know, that Bucks team, sorry, is in a lot of trouble in the finals. Um, and so they, they actually got a really good matchup. Uh, regardless, um, they earned it. I'm not going to take anything away from this team. Uh, they earned uh, and deserve a championship ring. And it will be interesting how they're able to defend. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about in terms of a bigger league perspective is that the Eastern Conference won another championship. And I remember the days uh, going back in the early 2000s of Shaq and Kobe's Lakers dominating. Then the San Antonio Spurs won a number of championships. Uh, then the Dallas Mavericks chipped in with a championship in 2011. And then the Golden State Warriors won three championships. Uh, in the first 19 years, uh, sorry, 21 seasons of this millennium, uh, this being the 22nd, um, the Western Conference uh, was absolutely dominant. Uh, you know, what did I just count? Three, nine, another two from Kobe and Pau Gasol. Uh, that's 11 uh, plus Dallas's is 12. Um, I'm probably missing uh, another championship. Uh, uh, well, the Lakers uh, last year was, was 13. Um, so you're looking at, at 13 out of 20, the first 21 championships. Um, I could be wrong about that. I'll have to check the math on that. It could be more. Um, but... Uh, the, the Western Conference was definitely the better, more dominant conference. And for the Bucks to win, again, we've already talked about them being a small market, but just a different team. Uh, you got the Raptors uh, and Milwaukee not being the Miami Heat, right, who won three championships. Uh, not being uh, a team um, that was with LeBron James. Uh, you know, the fact that Milwaukee was able to win um, in the way that they did for the Eastern Conference was huge. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's going to be a dynasty from any of these teams. I I don't think there's enough time for the Brooklyn Nets. But the Eastern Conference is in very good position. And even when you look back into the 90s, um, it was like bulls or bust. If the Eastern Conference didn't have the Bulls in the finals, I'm, I'm not sure if, how many championships they would have won. Um, uh, you know, the, the Pistons started it off with a win, which was nice uh, for the Eastern Conference. Then it was the Chicago Bulls. Houston took over. They had two. Um, then, of course, then the Bulls won it again. But then it was San Antonio uh, to finish that decade. Um, so without the Bulls, they only win one championship. And I realize, you know, Scotty and MJ were, were absolutely dominant. But a, a lot of years, you know, the, the Eastern Conference didn't have uh, the second or third or even fourth best team at times. And, and, and even, um, you know, before the Raptors, um, you know, it was like 
Cleveland, and then it was four Western Conference teams. So this is great to see um, to see the Eastern Conference win another championship without a super team like Miami or, or the Celtics with KG uh, in a small market, not with a coastal elite. It's great. It's great for the game. It's great for the league. And I hope I hope the fans really appreciate it and and take stock of that and really. Um, you know, become more of, of, of league fans and, and become more interested in, in collectives instead of just individual teams and, and individual superstars. Um, yeah, it's been a great year for the NBA to navigate uh, through all that they have in this uh, pandemic season, uh, this, this shortened season. I hope that the NBA has learned a lot uh, about health and safety. I hope they've learned a lot about fatigue and injuries and mental health. Um, I also hope that they that the NBA uh, officials um, get thicker skin. But as a whole, um, with all the stars, as, as Chris and I were talking about in the last episode, Freaks and Geeks, um, you look at the league and the talent that is in it, and you can see this in the Olympics playing out uh, with you know all kinds of uh, of teams that are competing that have so many NBA stars. Um, the league and the game of basketball, its very highest level, is in as good a place as it's ever been. And I know from an American perspective. Uh, that is going to be questioned, analyzed, and refuted. But right now, we are watching the very best of basketball the planet has ever witnessed. And I am very excited about next season. Obviously, with the draft, free agency coming along, trades and rumors... But in terms of the talent that the league puts on display night in, night out, and in the playoffs, in the biggest moments, in the most drama, this is a very special time, and I hope we all cherish it. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining with us for Season 1 of Jurassic Views, 93 episodes of Pandemic uh, of a pandemic season. Uh, I'm missing Zaya Quiena, who has a big announcement actually to make um, in respect to um, his involvement, his participation in something that is happening in the NBA. Uh, we'll hopefully get that in the next couple weeks um, and uh, get updates along the way and what he's going to be participating in. Uh, I hope that you get a chance to enjoy the Olympics, although there's lots of question marks there. But thank you so much for your support. Um, I'm going to review season one shortly in one of the next episodes to talk about some of the, the great episodes uh, from season one so that fans uh, or supporters, listeners who are new uh, can, in, can go back into the archives and enjoy those. But from Zaya and myself, from guests who have been on the show, uh, like my daughter Evelyn and my dad Brian and my friend uh, Chris, thank you so much 
for season for your support for season one of Jurassic Views. Look forward to bring you more episodes in season two and looking forward to celebrating a hundred episodes early on in, in season two. Get vaccinated if you haven't already. Stay healthy. Enjoy the summer. Soak up the sun. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you.